This episode of Pots vs. Peeps was originally recorded March 21st of 2018. It was posted on April 21st of 2018. Well, that's a whole month. This is your official spoiler warning. If you've not seen Avengers Age of Ultron, please check it out before you listen to us just blabber on about it. Because, man, we just don't shut up. And we're here today to talk about a very special episode uh, of uh, Pots vs. Pete's, uh, where we engage with Avengers 2, Age of Ultron. Yes, and uh, just as a reminder, this is a build-up to Avengers 3 Infinity War, a movie where all three Chris's in the Marvel Universe end up getting switched in each other's bodies, so it's Freaky Chris Friday, just with the Avengers characters. And it's Interesting. Yeah. And where does Thanos fit in with all that? Thanos is actually the one that does it. Uh, so he fights oh. Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans uh, and puts them in a different body so they all get to live life as not Chris, but an equally 30-year-old white man. So they're pretty much the exact same. Now, will Chris Pine randomly show up in this one as well to switch up a couple of Chris's. Yes, Chris Pine's actually one of the ones who wants to be in on this, um, but is mm, left out, mm. unfortunately. But nobody knows the difference because, you know, he's still a blonde white guy named Chris. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, we we already have too many of those. We, we don't need any we don't, more. We don't need a fourth one. Three's kind of ridiculous anyways. <laughs> It really is. It was kind of interesting how that happened. Well, here we go. So, if anybody's tuning in for the first time with this show, what we do here is review every MCU movie once a week on our way to the third uh, Avengers film, which we're already horribly, horribly behind with schedule. Not only in uploading, you know, which is mostly my fault. I'll I'll take that. Uh, I I will say it's partly Potterbombs. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And... (laughs) I, no, there, there's no way that it's partly yours. Anywho, so, uh, <laughs> we're reviewing all these movies, and what we do is we do a little bit of history of, of what this movie meant at the time, as well as a little bit of when we personally first watched these films, and then we go in, we talk about the goods, the bads, and then we rate it out of five stars. Uh, one star being we hated it, and five stars being we loved it. So, uh, that's uh, that's the show in a nutshell. Uh, pretty quick easy breeze i would say yeah agreed yeah it's uh in my expert opinion i think this is one of the best podcasts of all time and you should uh, uh purchase all of our merch and uh donate everything to our patreon ladies and gentlemen we are not biased at all about this absolutely not this is no. good stuff this is some of the best the material best. yes the best ever uh, absolutely here we go so Today's episode, Avengers Age of Ultron. Kirk, I believe and it is your week to do the synopsis. It is. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Age of Ultron. Now, this movie starts off in a snowy place, and I assume 
is Eastern Europe of some sort. I assume Russia? Uh, uh, it, no, it's Slovakia. Um, it was Slovakia. The, yeah, that's the... I, yeah, that's the um, country where most of the movie takes place in. So there you go. So we're in Slovakia. Is that a real place? I want to say no, but I could be wrong. And no, Slovakia is terrible. Slovakia might be a real place, but this place in this movie is a fictional place that sounds like Slovakia. Or am I just making that up? Uh, we should, uh, we, no, wait, yeah, I think... So. I think Slovakia is a real. I don't remember where it is. It's some Eastern, where does European age? country that's, yeah. All right, I am googling it. Uh, great, it's filming locations. All right, so Sokovia. 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 Slovakia is the real one. Yes. We can so, cut some of okay. this out. <laughs> we'll cut. We'll cut all that out just to make Thank us you. not. Uh, oh, oh, is it my turn to do the synopsis today? Oh, wow. Thank you. Okay, so here. <laughs> In this film called Age of Ultron, we start out in a snowy Eastern Europe country called Sokovia. Happens to be fictional, in case anybody was wondering. And we knew that 100% of all time. Totally. And we start out with them uh, infiltrating this Hydra base and grabbing the last uh, remnants of Loki's battles that he had, or the last thing, his uh, uh, scepter. Scepter? Scepter. Doesn't matter. It was the MacGuffin in the last movie. And from that, I guess they decide that we need uh, artificial intelligence to protect the world. So Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, neither of which are computer geniuses. Well, I guess you can argue that Tony is very much a computer genius. But, you know, half of them are computer geniuses. Go ahead and make a AI out of nothing and... Uh, eventually get Ultron, which becomes super evil. And then he does these super evil things, and somehow uh, we fit in all of the X-Men twins into this movie, and they go off and fight crimes, and they start as bad guys, and they become good guys by the end of it to defeat Ultron, this uh, very lame version of HAL 9000. But yeah. that's that's me projecting a little bit. No, no, you're, I, you're right. <laughs> that, I, I feel like I'm missing a lot of things from the plot there. I mean, honestly, this kind of was a little journey uh, for a, a lot of these characters. Dense movie. Uh, there's a lot that happens. Not all of it yeah. has consequence, but it is, you could not say it idles around. It definitely has a lot that happens Yeah. within that time well, span. Yes. So, there you go. Would you like to start off with the goods? Uh, yeah, I could do that. All right. So, well, all then, right. here we go, ladies and gentlemen, on our way to the goods. All right, uh, so my number, my first good one uh, is the party scene. Um, it happens after they uh, catch the Hydra guy in Sokovia, and they're doing a big celebration party, and pretty much all of that is a blast. Um... You have, like, the really fun thing of everybody's trying to pick up Thor's hammer and mm -hmm. failing at it, um, except for Cap almost does it, um, yeah. which, I, which is kind of a fun little, like, uh-uh, because um, in the comics, he's one of the few people that can do it. And I, I love that face Thor gives, too. Yeah, of, like, the, oh, no, he can do it. Like, oh, mm -hmm. well, um, 
And I think, uh, to be completely honest, if it wasn't a competition, he probably could do it. But he's picking up for a selfish reason, so he's going to lose. Anyways. Gotcha. Um, but that was fun. Uh, the War Machine stories is great. That War Machine keeps trying to have all these really cool Avengers stories of, like, where he, like, uses armor and takes down, like, entire, like armies but because he's telling these stories to the other avengers they are so unimpressed with them mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then to, so then he like basically goes around to other people in the party to tell this exact same story to get validation that it is in fact a good story um, i will say that's probably one of the better gags of the movie yeah it, in a movie that tries so hard with its gags that's a really fun one um and i yeah. think the thor's hammer one is fun because there's another good callback to it later where people, characters are trying to discuss uh, if elevators are worthy, because if you set the hammer in an elevator and the elevator lifts it up, does that make the elevators worthy? Like, yeah. all those little petty jokes. Um, and then it ends with a really, really, really good introduction of Ultron, where he's that creepy, like, half-broken Iron Man, like, Legion unit, where it's like, you know, he's got, like, the wires hanging down to make it look like a disgusting marionette, and, like, the, like, all the wires are fraying, and, like, the head's, like, cocked to this side, and he's got, like, this, like, creepy intro. It's, that introduction is fantastic, and is spooky, and that's what I, that's what you want out of Ultron. Um, Ultron should be a kind of a, an intimidatingly scary character. So, should. Is yeah, the key should. Keyword key is should. Um, he starts off strong, but we'll get into that later. Uh, so the second good is I, I like that they gave Hawkeye a lot more characterization. I don't know if trying to position him as the heart of the Avengers really worked um, like it tried to. It tried to make him like the everyman person that's tying them all together. Or like, you know, uh-huh. but in, in, in its characterization of, yeah, he's the funny one, but he's also like the grizzled everyman person who recognizes how weird everything is. And it's just kind of like going with it not because he's like that's all he's got in life but just because he's like he's kind of like that i'm two weeks from retirement eternally in this movie um yeah he's he's the grizzled veteran cop in this whole team and which, it's which is weird because he's like he doesn't seem that old to me and no, like to keep on not. playing up like like he's older it's yeah. just like where are you coming from one of my notes on the movie is actually like why is hawkeye keep doing that because he's like you know 30 yeah. It's just like he's, <laughs> he's not like, old sick. enough to truly be complaining about this, but like I'm, like, I'm just too old for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like no, a, you're not. You would expect him. Like I'm surprised he didn't just like at one point like just go too old for this. <laughs> and then just, or, or like just come up to Cap like God damn it, Cap, what are you doing here? Get out of my station or like something like yeah, some old grizzled cop <laughs> routine. You know, he like put just he, he just describing the twins as kids, uh, punks, yeah. really. And yeah, it's just like what? Like what are you talking about? No, he's like he, I'm pretty sure he would tell all of them to get off of his porch. I expected him. He's gonna sit in a rocky chair and like they're all just like arguing on the porch. He's like get off my lawn, children. Yeah, so he he seems older than Nick Fury does, and Nick Fury is far older than Hawkeye. So, yeah, so but, uh, that was an odd thing, but yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. But it's a unique characterization that none of the other characters have. It doesn't really make sense, but I appreciate it when they're not all the same, which we'll get into later. Um, and then the last one was the final Vision and Ultron talk when they're in the forest clearing and Vision catches up to Ultron like when he's like broken and you know pretty much knows that he's lost. That mm-hmm. whole conversation 
Um, Jasmine has a tendency to really uh, make weirdly unnecessarily poetic dialogue at times um, and trying to make it sound more elaborate than it actually is. And sometimes it works. Like, this one really works for some reason. And I'll also <laughs> say it's the only time when we ever get a clear argument about the theme of the movie and, like, the villain's ideology beyond just emotional anger and then we get a response to why to like the theme of the the villain of ultron which is humanity is doomed um and can't survive what's going to happen so we need to make them evolve i guess that's what it's supposed to be and we finally get we finally get a rebuttal to that and the rest of the movie never does that at all um the rest of the movie like propositions this ideology but it never shows why humanity is worth saving or that yes they can change or anything like that they don't ever do that they just win because they're the avengers whereas we finally get and they punch their way to winning everything yeah where we finally get the vision like you know having some nice moments where you know ultron's like they're doomed and he's like yeah but just because something's going to die doesn't mean it's not beautiful they humanity Mm -hmm. has its flaws but it also has its positives you never saw that so that's why you never appreciated them and that, that, it's nice that we finally get, we get that in the, at least at the very end, we get something where it's, you know, staying the themes clearly, um, and has some, actually something to say, which we'll get into that later. Um, Kirk? So, my goods, uh, go from the beginning, uh, the, one of the things that I like most about this movie is that the status quo breaks for a lot of things. Uh, in this movie for a lot of characters so you got uh, scarlet witch and quicksilver who are at the beginning bad guys that are like trying to destroy the avengers and shield because they felt they were they have been done wrong by both of those people uh both those groups of people so they're trying to end it and then they learn ways of how they actually operate and actually learn who they actually are stuff like that and they go and uh uh, join up with the Avengers. Their mind is able to change uh, to their opinions and their uh, band together to defeat Ultron. And not only that, uh, Quicksilver does die, and like that—that's a big risk. That's a—that's a thing to to uh, compliment the movie for. Uh, Hulk exiles himself in this movie. We have a whole big uh, kind of fight between Black Widow and Hulk on you know if the Black Widow can manage uh hulk's anger issues and stuff like that and you know if you know he should be around with the rest of the population hulk doesn't seem to think so black widow you know disagrees and then hulk takes it upon himself to exile himself Uh, i don't know how that flight fighter jet you know got up into space but you know it's it was still good to see that he that he didn't trust himself and decided to to make the move himself so we have a minus a hulk at the end of this movie that's a that's also another interesting status quo break uh the avengers uh move forward by creating a couple different bases and uh buildings and start training new people uh and then uh fury comes back uh from you know not doing anything after the end of uh, Winter Soldier, you know, he seemed like he hangs up his stuff and decides not to be part of S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, and, and Fury has a change of heart by the end of this and is helping uh, the Avengers do their things. Uh, does S.H.I.E.L.D. come back by the end of this, or is it just Fury nope. 
by himself doing things. Uh, he's he's just basically lone wolfing it um, with in the, I know with the of TV show people. Yeah, the ages of TV Shield TV show kind of goes backwards, but for all intents and purposes in this movie. Um, he's just he just has a helicarrier that he knows about, so he could pretty much found a crew yeah. of people who were loyal to Shield what to it should have been, it, yeah. Um, yeah. and then just got a crew. So like the um, the, but yeah, I, I assume by the end of this though, they're working with the Avengers and kind of their operating people, you know, for the Avengers. Yeah, like, I'm gonna uh, guess those people are like the people who are in some of those people are the people inside the new Avengers building in upstate New York. Yeah, I'm gonna guess that's probably what they're doing. I'm guessing that as well. And then uh, Jarvis uh, is gone. He becomes the Vision in this movie. And then uh, uh, some of the heroes, uh, Thor especially, uh, know about the Infinity Stones and know that somebody, and realize something funny is happening about it and and something's going wrong with that. So um, it it moves stuff forward overall in the the cinematic universe um, and takes chances, like a good movie should, to, to break a lot of of relationships and people in different ways Uh, so that's my that's my number one it breaks the status quo for a lot of people um and my second thing is the cgi was pretty impressive for the most part uh i remember at the very beginning where black widow is holding on to hulk's hand to calm him down to become uh bruce banner i think that was just absolutely gorgeous that uh hulk's hand and hulk himself looked pretty good too um, and then, uh, later on, a few minutes later, they like fly up into the clouds. The clouds looked lovely and all that stuff. Uh, uh, when Hulkbuster Iron Man suit crashes Hulk or tackles him into that building, that looked pretty darn good. So the overall the CGI was pretty, pretty nifty. Um, Ultron also looks pretty decent. And then, uh, seeing, uh, my third point is that seeing Black Panther stuff, uh, here for the first time was really cool. Like, I didn't realize Claw was in this movie until watching this again. Like, I'm sure I saw Andy Serkis the first time. It was just like, what is he doing in here? And it's just like, that was a random scene after he left. Uh, but now that I've seen Black Panther, it's just like, oh, wow, that's a lot of cool stuff that's happening right here. There's a lot of Wakanda action, a lot of uh, uh, Claw action. No, no, I guess not a lot, but, you know, he's there. That was cool. Yeah, there's he's yeah they definitely set up um, with that and having his arm ripped off, which <clears throat> I guess Stupid. I can finally mention this now. Um, so you know how in like the middle of trilogies, everybody wants it to be the Empire Strikes Back from Star Wars. So sure. as like a little inside joke, um, none of the movies are particularly based off of that, which is good because most of the time that p- people interpret it as as if you're going to be like Empire Strikes and meets me more darker and grittier, um, which uh-huh. is totally not true uh, but in one of every single one of these phase two movies somebody loses an arm um in some way shape or form and this is the this is the one where somebody loses an arm in every phase two movie somebody loses an arm yes um okay it's so always, run it like, run it by run them it's down. like side uh i'm sh- i don't know if i remember um i know in iron man 3 like one of the bad guy goons um, gets his arm ripped off by an of of um, one of the Iron Man suits. Uh, okay. We have Cap two where Bucky lost his arm. Who does? Here. Bucky. Bucky doesn't. Bucky. Have a, okay. Yep. So I mean, he didn't technically lose in this movie, but um, they count it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm gonna guess somebody got his arm cut off in Thor two. Uh, it <laughs> happened with this one, um, and I think uh, spoiler alerts in Ant Man somehow somebody loses their arm as well. 
Um, I will I will look out for it next time. I yeah, that's it's pretty. Funny. It never. It's not always like the big moment in the scene. This is like definitely the biggest one. We're like, oh my god, somebody just got their arm ripped off. Or like, but it, and it's he's in weirdly there. surviving and not bleeding at all. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he, he's tough. He, He's a tough one, and thank God he lives because he, he's awesome. He was working on his, He was working on a SoundCloud and had the wheel to continue on. Yep, good for him. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That was my third thing. Yeah, that was it. All right. Do you want to do yeah. bats first, or you me? Yeah, let's go on to the bats. The bats, and I will continue talking by saying that overall, this is a pretty mad movie. Like this is the meh. Probably like yeah. the meh, messed of all of them. <laughs> I, this is, oh boy. And I, I overall, I think of this movie, like when I got done watching it, it's like, well, that was fairly monotone. Not only like, usually when you're saying monotone, you're talking about like voices or stuff like that. But like the, the colors were weirdly muted in this one. Uh, the, the, the plot was, you know, like I said, the status quo is breaking all over the place, but like, I don't know, it's just like, I, who cares for a lot of the things that are happening in this? It's just like... Oh, thank God so you're what? having that reaction. That's the exact yeah. same one I had. I, it's, just like a, it's just like a so what, you know? It's like I, I don't think I've ever watched a movie besides this one where I was so meh about yeah. almost all of it. Like, and, there are definitely things not... I liked and disliked. Like, and we'll get into dislikes because they're way more... But it just, yeah. like, overall, it just kind of, like, existed. And I finally, and, and the first time I watched this, I hated it. And now I'm just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, I finally realize why people, when, say, people say superhero movies don't do it for them, and then they get this yeah. feeling, I do yeah. not blame them for never going to a theater, like, and seeing a superhero yeah. movie, because that I, was such an I, awkward feeling. I didn't like it. Ugh. I, I was thinking after watching this, it's just like like almost every superhero movie around this time, this is when people started talking about superhero fatigue. And you could totally feel it because it just seems like they ran out of ideas or something. It just yeah, doesn't I, seem powerful or poppy at all. It's just a man movie. Yeah, and I don't think we have that. Um, That bubble hasn't burst yet. And if, uh, but I mean, at least I, it me, probably it has hasn't. for Joss Whedon. Like it probably, <laughs> he was probably done after the first Avengers, to be honest. No, he and, wanted to do this one real bad. Um, I yeah, think, but did did didn't the studio get in the way for a lot of a lot of the stuff? For some of the stuff, yeah. Um, but then some of the stuff is so Joss Whedon-y that like, it's okay. It's it's got him uh, I, his fingerprints all over it for better or for I mean, worse. This is a Joss I guess Whedon you movie. don't want to make another. You know, you don't want to make the same movie twice. So I guess yeah, this was um, a way to do the Avengers that continues the story, but it's just like. A lot of things going on in this is just like I I don't feel like if this was just a standalone by itself, you know, you would have made that decision. You know, uh, as cool as seeing Wakanda and a bunch of Black Panther stuff was, is just like well, like you you wasted a bunch of time. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like this could have been condensed quite a bit. Um, but that being mad is not one of my points. That's uh. That's just kind of the overall what's going on in this movie. But I, my first point that goes along with this is that if it brings up an interesting idea or aesthetic, it just does not go nearly far enough at all with them. So, for instance, the coolest thing that kind of happens in this movie is Scarlet Witch uh, having 
the all the heroes, uh, Black Widow, Captain America, and Thor, go through this, like, fantasy thing, this fantasy segment. But it's like, really all it did for Black Widow was show off her backstory that we haven't seen yet. All it did for Captain America, he was just fantasizing about, you know, uh, dancing with, uh, with Peggy Carter. And Thor is just like, he's at a pub and then Idris Elba shows up and he's just like, ah, and like starts like, I don't know, uh, sexually harassing Thor and saying that all these people are going to hell or something like that. That, 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 is, that would be the craziest looking pub I've ever seen in my life. I like how you describe some weird, creepy, like, eyes wide shut room. It's like, no, 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 this is just a pub. Yeah, this is what it was, though. That's all it was. It was, it was yeah, yeah, it was people dancing in a pub. Like, it was like it, it was like some weird creepy. Uh, it wasn't creepy though, and that's my like, point. Like this doesn't yeah, go nearly it far been, enough. Like, it could have been creepier. It was just yeah, it was just well, awkward. Here, here's here. It's not so much that it could have gone creepier. The point is, like, if you're doing these fantasy things, just go all the way and just like make something really horrific with it. Like, uh, yeah, I just like that dancing with Peggy Carter thing. Like, how come Peggy doesn't turn into a, like a grotesque Idris Elba or something like that? And like, <laughs> that's everybody's like, fears that Idris Elba comes up just, and harasses them. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, hey, Captain America, I see the universe. I see, I see oh. what's in between your legs. <laughs> that's, that's what Heimdall does. Is he's just a massive pervert. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they haven't uh, pulled that off yet, and especially in Thor Ragnarok, where they did pretty much everything else. The point is, like, they this had the opportunity, and, like, you saw that the ballet dancers showed up in, in Thor's uh, fantasy thing. So, like, they were starting to overlap, but they didn't go, like, it didn't, you know, come to any kind of satisfying, like, creepy thing that, like, showed off anything about their characters. Uh, yeah. For Black Widow, it was just, it was just backstory. It's just like, okay, well, what does that have to say about who she is, you know? Yeah, and none she of brings it, really it up like... later in dialogue. Yeah, no one really moved forward as the characters either. Like, we well, the only one we really saw of what makes Tony is anybody afraid is Tony Stark. That's the only one where it's yeah. like a yeah. real and, logical fear of his. Yeah, Cap's just and, kind of but, like, and that was that was already addressed in Iron Man three and and done better there. You know. Yeah, we just got like the we just got a visualization of it happening of like a really cheesy way. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was very not, silly. Yeah, it was just yeah, I agree. It was. And it never, it's never also conclude where, A, none of them talk about it with each other at all of like, hey, yeah. they got in my mind and said this, like, which would have been a great bonding moment and a moment where they could have all come together and helped each other out and been like, no, Tony Stark, you don't have to worry about, like, all the aliens because we're the Avengers. We're here to help everybody else, like, yeah. you know, or like anything else. But yeah, it's just like this weird isolated incident where they all, like, basically trip on acid and then that's it. And which would be okay but they didn't go nearly far enough. It's just what I'm saying. It's just, you know, it was just yeah. there. It was bland. Um, and so on top of that, I, I, I could have like looked away and missed it or something, but we don't see Scarlet Witch uh, affecting Hulk at all, even though she totally does. Right. She uh, gets in yeah, we her don't see mind. What, we don't see what she does. We just know that she does something to Hulk. Yeah. So. No, that that's a complete missed opportunity. Get in his head and and show what made him angry or, or intense to turn into the Hulk, 
And oh, oh my god, that, how cool would that have been to that see that? That would have been fascinating to see yeah. what makes Tony Stark and the Hulk, or not Tony Stark, Bruce Banner and the Hulk scared, which would have been each other. That would have been fascinating. Oh, dude. And, that and just imagine t- seeing his point of view of what he was, like, destroying uh, the city for. Like, what what was he seeing that was destroying the city? I Why did they not go through that? I, I, I have no idea. No, no, And you know the worst thing about it is? The audience clearly didn't care because nobody ever brings that up and it's like you know they just like the hulk buster and, and hulk fight scene but it's just like but you know what led up to that right and like how it totally missed out on doing something really interesting but they don't care they just wanted to see the superheroes fight um that's not necessarily a problem with the movie that's just you know i guess something a problem i miss elsewhere so it if if this movie has an interesting idea, it does not go nearly far enough. I I could say that about pretty much everything. Uh, Ultron is probably even a bigger uh, uh, complaint for that, but I couldn't write anything down. That oh man, specifically... I have plenty for that. So don't Perfect. worry. Perfect. Uh, okay, but what I do have a good clear example of though is Quicksilver and his fast speed stuff has was totally overshadowed by the X Men's version of Quicksilver. And it's just like when yeah, you compare the two of them, you're just like, guys, why didn't you do anything interesting with these characters that you have? You know, and yeah, this and, one was super boring. Yeah, and it's just like you could like you don't have to do exactly what X Men did, but you can you could think of something. And you know, as much as Justice League wasn't that great, they thought of something that was visually different and looked good compared to. Uh, uh, compared to the other Quicksilvers, you know, uh, and and it's something with their Flash that was visually interesting. So, the the this movie has no excuse to not go all, all the way with all the stuff. And uh, they're talking about big, epic proportion uh, themes and stuff like that. So why isn't it going all the way? Just go, go, go. So, that's uh, that's my first point. <laughs> um. So. Uh, my second point is a plot thing. Uh, for it being a movie that surprisingly establishes a lot of things for other future Marvel movies, it hardly establishes anything for what's going on in this movie at all. Like, Ultron just comes out of nowhere, and so do the twins, and it's just like, who are you? What are we doing here? And, yeah, and the, everybody accepts the twins as not being evil really quickly. Like... They're just mm-hmm. in, like, a shoe, like, Avengers headquarters, like, within no time. It's like, hey, uh, one of these people has mind control powers or, like, can make you hallucinate, like, your worst nightmares. Why would you want her anywhere near you? Especially after she did that to you not, like, a day or two ago. That'd be like if somebody yeah. shot you in the knee and then, like, you let them into your house, like, you know, a couple hours later with another gun. Like, why would you ever do that? <laughs> absolutely just that that doesn't like it seems like this movie's too long too but in some ways it's too short because we're missing a bunch of like tidbits that first part of the movie like right before the title card uh that whole section of the movie i think it was like maybe five ten minutes uh before it shows avengers age of ultron that was a really clunky scene yeah it was not necessary um yeah and they could have just like busted into a place like, why not they just like yeah spent two why minutes not? doing the avengers fighting together and then you know one of them breaks down the door and steal and like finds the german dude uh the or, backwards yeah. nazi guy yeah and you know the the tesseract thing can can start the problems later on 
But, I mean, I was thinking that this the beginning could be rearranged a little bit uh, to make something more, you know, tangible. So, like, the first thing that you would show before the title card would be something that actually has to do with Ultron, you know, before the title shows up and people will be like, oh, what's this about? So, why not start the movie with Tony working on the AI for a little bit, like, two minutes at most, and then, like, something eerie happens with it, title card goes, and then we get into that fight scene uh, that actually starts the movie, and we can introduce the twins in a more organic way uh, that way. Uh, maybe put them uh, in some kind of shed of mystery rather than, like, like you see them talk with the other Hydra people real quick, and then they go do their thing, and, like, you know, you, you learn of their whole backstory. I guess it wasn't that scene where you learn their whole backstory, but you, like, you, you talk with them for a while before they did anything, and it was just really bizarre, I yeah, felt. And then their backstory is told to you, like, in, like, the most boring fashion of, like, Oh yeah, they were kids, and then a bomb killed their parents. Here's the iPad, Captain America. Like, it was just oh yeah, the the yeah, twins are very just weird. So weirdly used. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's also kind of bizarre that you know she kind of has this. They both have this Russian accent, and it's like where's where's Black Widow's Russian accent? That's a nitpick. I'll I'll gladly admit that, but it's at the same time just like what's. I, I, I don't get what's happening there. Uh, I, I think the beginning of this movie is weirdly plotted. Is that my second point? Yes. No, yes, that was just... Yeah, how it established, how it introduces things. It does not have a very good uh, first act, I don't think, uh, in general. Like, it, it, it introduces things, uh, introduces characters, introduces ideas in a very clunky manner uh, overall. And then... Uh, so my third point, um, and you might disagree with this a little bit, uh, but uh, because I agree that him telling the joke about uh, or him uh, going around and telling him his uh, telling people's story and the Avengers not think it's entertaining or interesting at all, but other people do uh, was really funny. But other than that, I I don't think any joke or like. Um, uh, running gag in this film works at all in this movie. They're all clunkers. Oh uh, no, especially not not at all. Not Captain at all. America watching saying watch your language to Tony. Like the first time they said it, I chuckled. That was funny. But then they kept saying it at that beginning scene, and it's just like, okay, you're killing this joke uh, uh, more and more every time you say it. And then they bring it back. the The only good payoff for that was. Uh, was Captain America saying, oh, Nick Fury, you son of a bitch. And then Nick Fury saying what he said back. Um, that that was the only good payoff to that. But, but like, at that point, it was just already tired and just like, this is not funny. Guys, stop saying that. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just, almost every joke in this movie was a clunker. Yes. Um, and actually, that, will tra- that was one of my bads, so we'll transition to my bads. Uh, using that as a segue... This movie is really obsessed with having witty dialogue, mm-hmm. and this is a this is a this is a Joss Whedon thing. Um, it's in the Mar- it's in the Marvel DNA to have people be witty commenters, but in this one, everybody is a quip machine, and it's be and it's a Joss and it's a hundred percent Joss Whedon. If you go watch any of his old stuff um, or his newer stuff, that's a thing that he does, 
and it works sometimes with like characters he makes up or like he, he's usually better at reigning in this in but it feels like everybody is quipping um all the time and everybody is like it, it you either your dialogue is to move the plot forward or it's a joke and that's it we don't really mm-hmm. it's and it, it's all the same kind of quips where it's that witty that sentence that's a made to make the other characters in the movie laugh as well as others um which i think defines it from like a quip like drax had right drax mm-hmm. is not trying to make other people funny what he says is completely serious to him but in this one, all the characters are trying to be funny to the audience and to the other characters, which is obnoxious. Um, and it's very limiting on the style of what's funny in this movie. Uh, and that's that's problematic to me. Um, it's a problem I'm noticing with a lot of comedies and comedic styles of movies lately is that one funny sense that has to be in there. But yeah. this one is very, very noticeable. I was about to keep count um, on how many. Because oh, no. And I would have died. I'm so glad I didn't because, like, that's and it and by making them all sound quippy, they all sound exactly like each other. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, they all talk like Tony Stark. They all talk like Tony Stark, and they all talk like a stock Joss Whedon character, and it drives could I also, me nuts. Could I also bring up the fact uh, that every time Ultron does something intimidating or scary in this movie, he follows it up with like, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that," or something weird like that, and it completely shortchanges anything he's doing as a villain which is a perfect second segue and ultron is an absolute mess in this movie nobody knows what to do with him and it's like there's basically two conflicting villains that you are trying to roll up into one and one you have an infant um essentially a newborn all emotional being that is run on rage and emotions and like pretty much lack of empathy um but he still understands empathy, but he doesn't have any, like a, like a rage-filled sociopath. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it's trying to do for part of Ultron. But then it's trying to mix it with the cold, emotionless logic of an AI robot, like a HAL, like HAL yeah. from space, yeah. 2001 Space Time. And they don't work together at all. You can't no. have a rage-filled new child who doesn't know the word children uh in the beginning of the movie he calls them little humans he's like oh wait children that's the word or he doesn't know his own strength he rips off somebody's arm he's it's like weirdly clueless at times but then he can also be calculating enough to try and get military codes um create a creator like a meteor out of a city and then you know basically try and be smart enough to use vibranium to create himself a whole suit of armor and an army so it's trying to have its cake and eat it too and it totally doesn't work at all. Um, he's he's just... And he's... And yeah, like you said, every time he does something intimidating, he does a quippy thing. And he has Tony Stark's personality for some weird reason. Like, it makes no sense why. I get well, why. Well, it makes, it makes sense that Tony created it, and then with that, you know, he... No. If has... I make... If I make, like... <laughs> whoever made, a le- like, the robot for Siri does not, like, have... It doesn't have that person's personality in it. It's a computer okay. program. Yeah, um, so it makes sense in a filmmaking standpoint of, oh, this is it's a like it's a showing that it's Tony Stark's child, right? But it's just it just quips like Tony Stark, and that's it. It doesn't take any of his flaws or any of his like ideology. It's just basically like kind of sort of does what he does and makes jokes a little bit faster than he does, and that's about it. Yeah, um, it never yeah, and so by doing that, uh, and this is the one time where I'll 
I think the only time we'll ever say I wish they had taken the adaptation from the comics and didn't do their own thing, um, because in the comics, Ultron's logic is completely creepily sound. The idea was that he needs to protect humanity. The uh-huh. problem with humanity is what causes the humanity's problem is also humanity. So there's a yeah. logical loophole of you can't stop humanity from harming humanity. So how do you get rid of humanity? You kill all of humanity. But humanity will have yeah. no problems with itself. It's like the Hal logic, right? Of yeah. Hal can't tell a lie, but Hal also has a secret agenda that he can't reveal. So how do you not tell a lie without revealing anything? You kill the crew. That's it. Um, yeah. Spoilers for 2001 Space Odyssey. You should watch See that part. It. Yeah, go watch it. At least watch that part. Um, that's by far the best third of the movie. Um, the other stuff is good. The, but... the third of the movie that's like 80% of the movie? Yeah, the, big, the <laughs> biggest chunk in the movie. That's But yeah. But it's that cold emotionless logic that makes sense, and it's creepy to an emotionally run group of superheroes, right? All, all the mm-hmm. Avengers are all emotions. Um, so trying to deal with that cold logic, it would be a good ideological contrast of why what makes humanity great is... Yes, their emotions are flaws, but they're also a benefit. Um, and fighting that cold logic of a computer would be perfect for them. But instead, we get this weird, uh, weird thing. Which will follow up my third point, which is Ultron's plan is stupid. I don't understand <laughs> what he's talking about any of the time. Like, I try to, like, logically figure out his plan, and I have no idea what he's... He, like, changes his mind half the time. So, he starts out hating yeah, so the what Avengers. Yeah, so what is he... He's, he, he... But he also builds vision. It's like, what did yeah. that have to do with anything? So I think, so here's what I can try and make out of his plan. That okay, we're going to it. attempt to try. So he, will, he, he, he exists, right? And then in a rage, he kills Vi- uh, Jarvis. That's the AI next to him. Because apparently you could kill AIs that are floating in space next to you. <laughs> I don't understand Or whatever's that. happening in that dark... I don't know. Uh, so, but but then the movie, but it's clearly shown as like a rage thing, right? Like in that scene. But then later, it's walked backwards. Of, oh no, Ultron was being calculating about this, um, which makes no sense. So then he exists, and then from that existence, he gets his plan, which is I need to save humanity, and we don't really get told about that. And then he hates the Avengers, and it doesn't really make sense why he hates the Avengers. Comics logic of he hates the Avengers is because they're the they're the best way to stop him. Right? right? They know the most about him, so that's how they're going to stop him. It's not an emotional hatred, it's a logical hatred. Um, right. It's not even a hatred, it's just a logical like thing of, oh, if I want to stop them, the Avengers are the first thing I need to get rid of. Right. But no, this Ultron's weird and has logic, and has emotion, so he hates the Avengers, and hates Tony Stark the most, I guess, for reasons? I don't know why. So then he builds his army, and then he gets Vibranium from Claw, and also pays Claw for it? And st- it takes one little jar of, I guess, jar cylinder of vibranium when there's, like, plenty more. And, and he pays Claw for it, which, why doesn't he kill him? He doesn't like humanity, and he's planning on killing humanity anyways, so why did he pay him? Because so, we need him around for Black Panther. I guess, I don't know, but then, like, why? <laughs> Whatever. So then, so then he builds his own bot, a newer body, but then he doesn't like that body, so he kidnaps a scientist... Uh, to make him a special bio-human body using the vibranium, which why would he want bio-human, like, human fleshy parts to be on it? He's a robot. I feel like a robot would prefer not to have human fleshy parts that could be hurt and damaged, but whatever. Right. So then, so then somewhere around there, he gets the weird idea of humanity needs to evolve. 
So then he's trying to build a meteorite to destroy humanity because Joss Whedon saw a documentary about dinosaurs and thought, man, this is the best way to do an extinction method. Um, skipping the fact that it took millions of years for the dinosaurs to die after the meteorite. And it also mm. kind of sort of, A, didn't kill them. And two, that meteorite was the size of Texas, not the size of a, like, a mid-sized European like city. <laughs> like, so it wouldn't have even worked anyways. And so then he tried... And then he gets that idea, and he still hates the Avengers for some reason. And then, and then somewhere in the, like past that point, I guess he decides that I don't want humanity to survive at all because reasons. Because at some point in the end logic, uh, he's telling like talking to the Avengers, he's like, "The only thing left after me will be metal." And it's like, wait, <laughs> what? what? I thought you want, I thought you want humanity alive so that I could evolve for whatever problem, so you could save the world. But then you change your mind without telling anybody. And then he's like trying to get like trying to get the Maximoff, the X Men twins, to like empathize with this plan of killing humanity. And he's like, no, no, it's totally cool, guys. Instead of just being like. He's, like, trying to get them to see his, like, side, when it's like, well, why would you ever bother with that, you stupid robot? Just use them, and then be done with them, like the cold emotionless prick you are. I just don't understand any of what he's trying to do, and it doesn't help that his characterization is garbage. He is, right. by far, the worst villain in these series. They took a That's... perfectly good character and made him awful. I hate Ultron in this That's movie, a... and I Those cannot probably... stress that enough. Those are pretty big words, especially since a lot of people that I've talked to, like, like Ultron the best. And, like, they love James Spader's voice. Isn't that perfect? And I'm just like, yeah, no, nothing about that flows. You know, I mean, that, like, yeah, James Spader's voice is, Spader's I like voice James is Spader, fine. But, yeah. yeah, like, his character is just awful. Like, right. it's just, like, I, I mean, I just did, like, a three-minute random wise plot made no, like, sense. And it's just, right. and it's and even more convoluted his and confusing evilness than that. characterization, yeah, makes no sense. It's just. Yeah, I, I. I probably streamlined that cop like the way his plot is probably it made it more cohesive than it actually is by just pure like inference. That's about all I did. And it's just, yeah, yeah he just, it does not work at all. And I hate, I hate him. And he's just, he's like everything that's wrong with this movie is pretty much in a nutshell. He has I, I no idea just... what the tone wants to right. be. He is inconsistent. He is way too quippy. And it's like, he's basically touting off, this like way more deep ideological ideas when really it's just stupid and that's mm -hmm. what this movie kind of is it's just stupid <laughs> it's not bad but it's very stupid yeah and it's 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 not the fun stupid either it's just no it's just the it's just mess it's a very stupid. it's a, yeah it's a mess and it's just meh it's just a meh movie and yeah. it pull it it actually makes a lot of choices in this movie that I wanted more out of out of these superhero movies. A lot of people complain about the farmhouse scene or segment of the movie. Why would and you like, complain honest, about the farmhouse? That's great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just it's a good character moment, but at the same time when I was taking notes today, I I did write down, it's like, we're still at the farmhouse. I think yeah, it does go a little too long. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. It goes, in general, idea... this movie is a little too long. It could have been condensed quite a bit. Yeah, it's it, yeah. the farm scene is good for what it is and what it represents, which is a nice slow moment for the characters to talk to each other. But they never right. really, like, get into too much of a conflict. They all just kind of exist on the farm, uh, mm -hmm. which is just boring. Um, we kind of get a little bit of the banter argument between... 
Tony Stark and Cap, but it's like, it's not very good. <laughs> we'll get no. much better ideological arguments between those two two movies from now that, yeah. you know, makes this kind of irrelevant. Are we really that close to Civil War? We are that close to Civil War. We are Man, two movies away from Civil War. <laughs> I need to start posting these. We're almost done. <laughs> two movies, that's it. So, Ant-Man, and then what else? Uh, Ant-Man, Civil War... Oh, so um, Civil War. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah just literally two you movies. You meant two yeah. movies as in, oh, wow. Okay, wow. So there you go. Um, I I don't know if there's anything else I need to add. That I will say that Tony Stark saying don't take uh, anything from my pile with the wood chopping uh, was, oh, was funny. pretty funny. Yeah, that yeah. that got a giggle out of me. Yeah, the, uh, he, they're, they're, Tony Stark has written really weird, like the best characterization where like, because one, it fits Joss Whedon's quippiness. Um, I feel like he regresses as a character. A lot of characters regress as yeah. In the it seems like he's he's going back on the things he was doing on Iron Man three. You know. Yeah, and it seems like they're going back. All the characters are kind of going backwards um, in a frustrating way. So yeah, I, I guess don't know. that's technically another bad. But you know, whatever. Ultra well, was more I, important. I, Ultra I, was more important to talk about. Like God, yeah, such but, a mess. So there you go. Let's just transition right into the rating. Mr. Potabomb, what do you give Avengers colon Age of Ultron? I gotta begrudgingly give it a two. Um, I don't think it's anything worse than a two uh, because there are things I enjoyed about this movie. Um, more, even more than the, the three I picked. Um, I just picked those because they were some of the bigger ones. Um, there are some legitimately good things, and you're right. It does try and be something interesting, and I think people's hearts were into this. Um, I think it is a story Just Mean wanted to tell, uh, despite all the studio background stuff that happened. Um, but I, at the end of the day, it's just such... It's the most meh movie I've ever watched. Like, I've never been so bored um and bored is in like not i don't like this board but just like uh so yeah two i can't in good conscience give it the same rating as iron man 2 which is incredibly more problematic than this movie um and i can't give it uh thor dark world rating which was a 1.5 uh because it's nowhere near as boring and also problematic and just a bad movie in general. Uh, so this one, I'm going to give a 2.25, I think. Uh, nice. Yes. That sounds about so right. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, I was going to give it a 2.5. Uh, maybe I'm in that range. It's a 2.25 to a 2.5. It's like I said, like you said, it is very, one of the best movie ever just down the road. Like, you know, well, it's here. Cause it, needs to be uh, and, and like if you were doing your list of mcu movies that you have to watch uh in order type thing I, you you can't skip this one because this one has uh, establishes a lot of, of important things that go on in the next uh movies in the next phase like here's vision if you skip this movie you have no idea who vision or where he came from at all yeah if you're if you're new to the series you have to watch it i am not going to rewatch it again anytime soon um sure so if we do this again or or if we if i do this again where i watch the movies before the next avengers i am going to skip this one but yeah you have to watch this one as part of like to figure out what's happening unless you want to read wikipedia like and that's 
frustrating that a movie exists and we're telling you to watch a movie because you kind of have to, and that's yeah. not fun. So um, I actually would not be too problematic if you just looked up on Wikipedia what happens. I sure. I just don't care. I just don't care about this movie at all. Nope. Um, yeah, and I I didn't have as angry of a reaction as I did the first time I watched this. Uh, the first time I watched this movie, I had to watch X-Men Days of Future Past to wash away the bad of this movie. That's how frustrated and angry I was at it. Oh, I was beyond livid about this movie. I have never been more disappointed uh, yeah. from the hype in my life. Yeah. That was just brutal. So to come from I hate this movie with a burning passion to me in the middle of the road, uh, it, that that's in yeah. net gain, that is technically winning me over by a lot. So... But at the same end of the day, that doesn't mean I enjoyed it. All right, folks, that does it for both of us. I've been Kirk Peterson. And I am still Alex Potavon. And we were here presenting to you Pots versus Pete's. The marvelous morons. Next week, we will be doing Ant-Man. Yay! Or, but in a drunken, in a drunk manner, because Stanley was completely wasted at the end of this. <laughs> This has been another episode of Pots vs. Pete's. All music was composed by the sensational Akila Galusha, and this episode was edited by the astonishing Will Dots. The amazing Alex Potterbaum and the uncanny Kirk Peterson have been your hosts as always, and our week's synopsis was provided by Key Grip Number 3. Thank you, Tribune, for listening.